0: The following is a presentation of the Boston Podcast Network. Podcasting is a great way for professionals to tell their story. Find out how you can get started at pod617.com.
1: Very active starting a business. It takes a lot of gumption. I really want to dig in deep, figure out what makes these people tick, how they are leveraging their success to make the rest of the world a better place. Maybe have a couple of giggles along the way.
0: From the Pod 617 studios in Westwood, Massachusetts, it's the Kilroy Report, the podcast that shares the stories of entrepreneurs and agency owners doing extraordinary things in an ordinary world. Now, here's your host, Tim Kilroy.
1: Hey, everybody, it's Tim. Welcome to the Kilroy Report. I'm glad glad you're here. I have the incredible privilege, delight, and joy of having my good friend David Yaz of the Pod617 Network, who provides the dulcet tones to the intro and the outro, and probably some other places along the way in this podcast. He, David is someone I've known so since high school he's he was actually a in my one fantabulous semester in law school he was my legal writing professor and i think he's the only person that i know who has had as many jobs as i have had (laughs) as he's gone from let's see writer to editor to wealth
0: advisor to lawyer was in there somewhere too
1: (laughs) a lawyer right yeah yeah there's so and now they've they've they run the Pod Six One Seven podcast network and provides all kinds of fantastic audio services for business builders. So today is Monday, February eighth. Just so we mark this in time, it's the day after the Super Bowl. And Dave, mm-hmm. right behind you, I see actually a, a pretty a pretty fantastic group of folks there. I see David Ortiz, mm-hmm. Tom Brady, and Ron Burgundy.
0: That's right. The yeah. So and looks like is
1: that. And is that uh, and that's uh, Saul from Better Call Saul, oh, yeah. And then and and then Breaking Bad, Got Walt- it. Yeah, Walter yeah.
0: White, yeah, and yeah. yeah. We I used to have Brady alongside Ron Burgundy, and it's like the the go to football and the patron saint of podcasting, Ron Burgundy. Who he, the because Will Ferrell actually does a podcast now in character as Ron Burgundy.
1: What does he really?
0: Oh yeah, it's pretty hilarious. <laughs> it's pretty hilarious.
1: <laughs> I bet. <laughs>
0: yeah, the the Burgundy ineptitude is on full display. So. Yes, it's a pleasure to be on the Kilroy Report. I'm glad you explained all that because our listeners would find it weird why you were interviewing the voiceover guy of, <laughs> of, of the yeah. Kilroy Report, <laughs> right? Yeah, but yes, we've been buddies ever since. Mr. Connolly's uh, creative writing—that's uh, right, class. That's
1: right. That was our uh, high school creative writing teacher who looked an awful lot like a uh, like JFK.
0: Yes he and yeah. he that was by design i'm quite sure
1: <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm yes i there's i'm sure everything was was carefully calculated in his world but what a just a, a shout out to to jim conley what a an electric teacher
0: he he was my um my closest version to the robin williams character in dead poets society and same, same here yeah and i was able to tell him years later at their union that he inspired me to become a writer and i did get paid to write for 15 years so and then classic, um, humble Mr. Connolly fashion. He was well, that that's terrific, David. And then later I heard he was telling people about it. So I was very proud.
1: Oh, well, I'm glad he didn't say like, who are you? Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> have we met? have yeah, we met? Yeah, he might have okay. said
0: that as well. Yeah.
1: Yeah. All right. So it's the day after the Super Bowl. And Dave, what were your favorite ads in the Super Bowl?
0: Well, my favorite ad probably just for nostalgia's sake was the legends of Bud Light ad because Bud Light, when they flex their creative muscles or whatever ad agency they use, yeah. they usually are among the tops of, of funny yeah. ads and they had the best one. It was either last year or maybe the previous year where they, it was then that they teamed up with game of Thrones, right? When you think you yeah. thought it was that just the medieval Bud Light guys, it turns right. out somebody gets slayed by a dragon. But so yeah, they had that ad where they brought back Mr. Galakow- that was, that was Dr. Galakowicz. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: So for me, it was it was there were two that were really good. Number one was the Tide commercial with the Jason Alexander.
0: Yes. Yes.
1: Right. That that was Even a good one. or not, <laughs> George is not home. <laughs> right. Right. It,
0: yeah. And Jason Alexander looks old, man. But it was good. It was good but to he see. He is in.
1: old. It's okay. Yeah. He's totally
0: fine. It was a race to see who looked more out of place: him or Mike Myers reprising Wayne Campbell, right?
1: <laughs> who? Right. Well. Yeah. Like. Time has not been kind to after no. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. Uh, and the other one, I, so I think I'm, I'm mostly alone in this. That kind of liked the uh, Matthew McConaughey. Doritos <laughs> ad. Because you could like, you could see it coming the whole time. And then I just knew that was. And so the fact that it rewarded my expectation was okay.
0: I guess I was just disappointed to find out that it was a Doritos ad. I was hoping it would be something a little classier, but it's right, a, like, it,
1: like, a calm
0: or something like that yeah like when, when he, talk
1: space or something about mental health
0: yeah exactly or he's an enlightened guy and i really enjoy matthew mcconaughey i'll listen to any interview he does he's ever confident and ever self-parodying in the right. the, the, the lincoln car ads that he does those yeah. have been parodied a million times because they're way too self-important but that was a funny ad of yeah. whatever it was thin one-dimensional matthew mcconaughey mindy kaling making making a and jimmy kimmel making a almost nonsensical cameo in that ad, but but it was pretty good. <laughs> right, yeah,
1: all right. And the, the ad that I think has, has spiked the, the biggest response both ways is probably the Jeep Bruce Springsteen
0: ad. Yes, yes. So it, it, I, I asked you the question, being a, an observer of all this stuff, is this a sign of the times that in the old days it seemed like people who were frequently, celebrities featured on commercials could be seen as selling out? It was always the thing. and like, And so you had like, John Madden doing a billion ads for tough act right. and Tenactin and, and every tire company. And cause he didn't care. He just wanted the paycheck yeah. and, sure. but that's just John Madden. You would never get like Robert Redford or Tom Cruise like doing an, an ad, but now right. it, it seems like the they've major celebrities like Springsteen and McConaughey have managed to at least try to convince us that they're doing something that's kind of cool and kind of noble, even though it, they are just getting a big paycheck out of it
1: yeah so i i think it's not as much about selling out anymore part of it is like viability because you don't make money from records anymore Streaming pays less streaming video pays less than movie theater releases so i think there's some elements of that though i'm not throwing that at either bruce springsteen or matthew mcconaughey mm. um because i'm guessing they've got good money managers I don't
0: you know. would I think. think you would think yeah, I mean, yeah but But you're but you're right it's the same reason why we see like major stars like adam levine and gwen stefani on reality game shows right right like you you wouldn't see like mick jagger would be cut dead like on a reality show like back in the day (laughs) right yeah Yeah. and
1: and, but you know i think it is uh i think it is a a sort of it is sort of a weird turn of events but i think for some folks it's also about cultural relevance Right. You're, if you're being fairly calculated about this, you are actually in a commercial in the Super Bowl that can remind everybody, hey, you should probably buy the thing that I do.
0: Yeah. And, it, and yeah. it's, yeah, I guess it's brand developing to use the catchphrase. The, the, right. the, and yeah, the Springsteen brand that we saw on Inauguration Day was the same Springsteen we saw in the Jeep commercial.
1: And, and yeah, and, and actually, I think, I don't know where this, Well, I read this yesterday. It was about the guy from the company that owns Jeep has been chasing Bruce Springsteen to do an ad for the last 10 years. Really? And he kept on throwing ideas at Springsteen's manager and Bruce said no. And then they came up with this idea and he said, yeah. And so it was really about the message more than anything else. And 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 also, I understand that was Bruce's own Jeep that he drove.
0: Oh, okay. Because that was one that you didn't know what the ad was for until you saw the tagline right. at the very end, which is which I guess is the way to do it, because it was cool. It was cool. Bruce musings and Bruce yeah. being Bruce. So, right, yeah,
1: th- th- though, I think the there there seemed to be some sort of uh, lack of cultural sensitivity since it was clearly a was clearly a denominational chapel yeah. where, where I think quite possibly Jeep could have gone non-Christian. yeah
0: yeah it's true
1: or not focused on the cross
0: yeah because bruce doesn't usually go there and let's face it probably about 20 to 30 percent of the population think he's jewish When of course he's not he's not but
1: (laughs) right but but i uh, i had to go on twitter to see what everyone's talking about the ads and i and that was the the big thing everybody felt like it was there were two reactions three three big reactions Mm. one was reunited or the reunited states like nobody wants to <laughs> nobody wants to reunite with the other side because they're terrible right other people saying like wow that was beautiful and then the third group of people were saying something like you had to pick kansas for the a place a, a, a place that's not as culturally forward as some other places you had to pick uh, a christian uh, chapel and that alienates everyone who's not Christian, just like just like the capital protesters and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And so, so the, I think the whiteness of that, the whiteness of that, I think got to a lot of folks. And I also thought about that when I was watching the commercial. And I am a giant Bruce Springsteen fan, but I really thought like, oh wow, hello. Well, maybe if there was a lot of old white male romance which you wouldn't
0: there. expect from him necessarily well he's typically super left-wing right bruce yeah you know, and
1: i think he really is yeah. and i think but i think i think that was a great sort of great poem but in the context of what has happened over the last two months it wasn't inclusive enough
0: yeah i i feel like you're damned if you do you're damned if you don't yeah, yeah, right. you know i mean that the, the, there's the, the idea of, of you reuniting this country or uniting this country is a is such a catch 22, because when Biden says we have to come together, all the people that were pro Trump say, yeah, right. Like you're going to be the one that brings us together. Like right. just because you say it doesn't mean, doesn't right. mean it, it works. And so and yet I think we'd all agree we could use it, but who knows how to do it.
1: Right. And speaking of, of damned, if you do. Yep and should be damned if you do. The NFL throwing, well, no, throwing a quarter of a billion dollars, a lot of money at issues of racial inequity. You didn't think that went over well? Like, wow, hello, too little, too late. Like, obviously, good gesture, but it feels disingenuous.
0: Yeah, and it made it worse to see Roger Goodell up there on stage at the end because here in in these New England parts, we don't care for Mr. Goodell because of how harsh he was on our old friend Tom Brady. And other reasons, too, but he is the embodiment of corporate shallowness, and yeah. just the fact that it and it 's true the n f no league has been more hypocritical than the nFL right yeah. the the concussion stuff and yeah. but I guess what you, at least they and the whole Colin Kaepernick fiasco right, right. and now and like you say, I guess now too little too late, but one thing I do like there 's a nugget of, of solution here somewhere. On the back of their helmets, the players had a words writing end, race, yeah. end racism, which is, to to me, it's like, oh, well, they're not bold enough to say Black Lives Matter. And on the other hand, you, I don't know what the thinking was behind it. I have a feeling Black Lives Matter would have been too polarizing to put on. Right. And I think the NBA has put end racism, too, like on the courts and stuff. But really, the... it it, in a way it's shrewd because to me when i hear someone that says that criticizes black lives matter and says why are you saying that all lives matter i try to counter and say well what if it was end racism because that's what it means that's what black lives matters means if you ask about i mean it it, right it's just as it happens there has not been this enormous amount of racial uh, suppression against white people we just have had it the other way and so right. it means end racism so if you're against ending racism then come on some people might say well yeah. there isn't really racism well, well they're wrong yeah. <laughs> yeah
1: yeah like and like end of story right. okay yeah. all right so uh, so so let's the the two middle-aged white guys move right. on from <laughs> opinion about issues of race because right. who
0: went to milton academy
1: <laughs> right we went to prep school like not uh like our, our opinions don't matter all that much in this regard i agree uh, or at all Right. So, so let's switch a little bit to, to talking about podcasts and this is very meta talking about podcasts on podcasts, and then maybe someday it will be put into a collection of podcasts talking about podcasts on podcasts, <laughs> right. maybe, yep. but, but so, so podcasting is quite the thing now, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. It's the, there's low barrier to entries, the low barrier to entry, but the, like the barrier success is enormous. And so understanding that most podcasts are not going to be on Apple's top, their top choices, or most podcasters aren't going to get $100 million from Spotify like Joe Rogan. Why should a business start a podcast?
0: Yeah. So the first thing is you said something interesting there, and that's that most podcasts will not ever end up in the echelon that Joe Rogan and Mark Marin and pick your top podcaster. Right. It's almost like there should be a different word for the podcasts that most of us do. And when I say us, okay. professionals or, or hobbyists or business owners or whoever you are that decide you want a podcast, like you said, low barrier of entry, all you need is a, a microphone and a computer, really. But the only thing we have in common with Joe Rogan is we both, we both use microphones. The, we, when yep. we have to make a phone call, we pick up our... Phone and we do that the same way Joe Rogan would, but other than that, the vehicle of the 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 podcast it it almost should be called something
1: different because oh it's a radio show yeah it's broadcast right not podcast
0: well well right exactly so it's akin to if you could start your own radio show yeah it really is that it is and the some people point to the 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 film pump up the volume you remember that. Film with Christian Christian Slater. Slater. Yeah, not exactly the greatest movie. And
1: Mary Stuart Masterson.
0: Was she in that too? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It it was. He he was a as so many movies were about back in the eighties or maybe it was early nineties, but it was he was in Pirate Radio. Right, Pirate Radio. His parents got him a ham radio for Christmas, and he never used it until he moved to Minnesota and had no friends, and decided just to start talking into this thing, and so. that's all he was doing and and he it it actually is an interesting sort of analogy to podcasting because although he didn't reach millions he made he made a difference in his little corner of the world and at the end of the the movie you hear this these disembodied voices over the credits and they're all other kids starting their pirate radio show and so that that in, in a way, it was interesting foreshadowing for podcasting because anyone can do it. So what you need to do is think about what you want your podcast to accomplish. And in the same way that you can do a blog or when we used to do panel discussions and speaking engagements, that's a good way to market what you do. right? Published articles, a spiffy, easy to use website, the, all the all those pieces of the marketing pie. The podcast fills to me. It's what I do for a living, so I'm biased. But it adds something new, different, and enjoyable, fulfilling. Most people I know that want to start a podcast want to do it because they think it's going to be fun, and it usually is fun if you do it. If you do it well, it is
1: fun. Actually, yeah. it's true. I mm-hmm. I I love talking to all the people that that I get to spend some time with, and that comes through in your show. Yeah, I think I mean, it's, it's. I know you have to listen to them. all. <laughs> That's true. I do. <laughs> Oh,
0: pure fun, pure. It's a labor of love, but we'll get into this further. But to answer your original question, why do it? It it is that for your personal branding and marketing, but it's also sort of a Swiss army knife and it goes hand in hand with networking as well as marketing, because every time you invite someone on your show, that's a potential, you, you potentially build that relationship and you can... We all network. We all say, "Hey, we got to catch up with this person, and that person." Right. We used to go out for cups of coffee with people, <laughs> go out for a drink right. just to get caught up. These people that are important in your network in your business world. Now it's a really nice time to to do things remotely because we're doing everything remotely. But you can you can talk to people, and it's in a forum where they're expected to share something about themselves right. and you yourself too. It's that's what I tell people. Don't forget, it's supposed to be a conversation, not a an interview. Now they, we call them interviews, but the best ones are conversations when it's okay. back and forth. That's and you feel like you're an old radio producer once told me just good talk. Radio is just it feels like you're listening in on someone else's conversation. There's it, it an intimacy there. And so that's another way that the, the something the podcast can do that, like a blog or a published article. Or sure, that's
1: really interesting because there's a since it's only voice. For the most part, mm-hmm. there isn't a lot of people get tired of yelling. Mm -hmm. So yelling. So it's not very hypey, right? It's pretty quiet in terms of sort of noisy distraction, blinking lights, that sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that does lead to a a space where a a quieter noise can have more impact.
0: Yeah. And I I think there's something nicely minimalist about it. I, I remember back when I ran Lawyers Weekly, we created this event called Battle of the Lawyers, where we invited five lawyers to recreate shortened versions of their closing arguments in notable cases so like the louise woodward shaken baby case and like the the salvi the guy who shot up the abortion clinic and so these were kind of historic cases in massachusetts and i remember asking one of the lawyers i said we want this to be dramatic do you think we should have like a sort of a bed of music playing behind you while you're giving the closing argument and the guy said no just the spoken word David that's it and there's something it's just it's like Mike Tyson goes into the ring with just a pair of shorts and and shoes no socks just it's just him and (laughs) against all comers and the purest stand-up comedians would say you just go on don't be Carrot Top don't be Carrot Top don't be Gallagher you got a microphone and it's just your words and so and yeah so in in a way it's like so what are you going to bring to the table and how real you're going to be and but People love them. People, a good podcast. I'm dying for the next episode of whatever the podcast is that listening to, because it's just it is that intimacy. It's the, it, and that creates sort of an addiction for the, the listener and, and makes the listener feel like they're kind of right there with you.
1: Right, right. And so. We are, of course, creating. Or podcasts are trying to create great content that sort of engage with the right audience and make people want to think about feel or do something right so how does a small business leverage a podcast in a way that that makes sense for them right because if you're going to devote whatever an hour or two or you know a, a week or a month or a, um, you know whatever if you're going to devote that time to it what are you going to do with it? How do you sort of extract it and turn it into something that's that's an asset rather than uh, a past event? Mm-hmm.
0: Well, first thing is it just has to sound good, and that's why you you, you, my, you my podcasting partner have uh, the spiffy mic that I've outfitted you with there, which is great. Is that mic yeah. working out for you? It is. yes. Okay. Good. Thank you. Yeah. But kidding aside, the, the, the there are close to a million podcasts out there now, and I'd wager even maybe two thirds of them have lousy content and they just don't sound professional and so most of the people in the podcasting industry the first thing they'll tell you is content is is king and the people will listen to your content they'll put up with bad audio quality and i agree to that only to an extent because a lot of podcasts i'll take a first listen think it might be something good and if the beginning it sounds like it's half-assed then i'm probably not gonna not gonna bother so there's that there's creating the experience of like kind of a little bit of sense of theater for the guest, the guest, and you may not realize this, Tim, but like some of the people that you interview, I can hear them in the beginning of the interview. They sound nervous a little bit. Right. And which is kind of a good thing. They realize there's something happening here. We're laying this down digitally. It's going to exist forever. I'm on a show. It is called a show for a reason. Right.
1: Should I think about that before I start flapping my gums? <laughs>
0: <laughs> no you, well well you well you do a nice job of, of pumping up your guests and reading a little intro and kind of making them feel at home, but that's sort of part of it, that it's not just it, it's a combination of having a natural conversation, but then doing also something that you're proud of. And so I tell people to let their imagination and imagination run wild when it comes to the vision of the show. Who do you want to interview? Do you want to interview yours in in your space? You have most of your guests have something in common, whether it's pr- uh, personal branding or whatever they're doing. And, and they've started companies and they're kind of speak the same language. So I remember I was talking with a law firm and that they're a real estate law firm and they were considering doing a podcast. And I said, well, who are your clients? Well, they're major developers. And I said, so if I looked out this building in Boston and pointed out like half a dozen buildings, is it possible your clients are responsible for creating those buildings? I said, yeah, exactly. I said, well. Maybe that's your show. Maybe there's the name of your show is the Boston skyline and you're, you're interviewing people who are your clients. You're pumping them up because what are they doing? They're building the city. Like I'd like to hear about how this building ended up there and this and what's going on in the seaport yeah. district and all that. And I thought that was a good idea. They, they haven't gotten back to me on that. So, so maybe felt <laughs> otherwise but law firms sometimes move slowly, but <clears throat> so you want to create something memorable, something intimate, and then in terms of leveraging that, when the pot, when the, there are all the things you can do, there's a laundry list of things you can do after the episode hits. So you can create video promotions for it, You yep. call them audiograms. You can certainly post the, the, the podcast strategically in various places in the world of the internet on, in Facebook groups and LinkedIn groups and things like that. And then, but the key thing is just pick up on what you laid down in terms of building that relationship with your guest. Some guests won't be that even familiar with podcast and they always do that thing. They come on, they go, well, what is this? What is this again? And it's, and sometimes I think they're playing dumb, but so, but, and, but then others will be adept at sharing it. And so, and you've created something special for this person who is important in their world and important to you. And now they're going to share that. And they're going to say, Oh, it was a delight to be on the Kilroy report. And now Look at what you've done. You've now you've got them marketing for you, and so th- that's that's why I think a podcast is more powerful than other uh, media.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, I'd agree, and I also think the fact that it's a podcast has a long half life. Video tends to be fairly transitory because it's because there's a discovery issue and all that sort of stuff, and certainly uh, social media posts get drowned out pretty quickly. But podcasts, if you once you're able to find somebody to engage you've just given them a catalog of your thinking, your thoughts, your interests and your point of view, which I think is, is, which is pretty powerful, especially in, in for businesses that where where it's a sort of a considered choice. Like you probably don't think too much about who replaces your muffler or, or honestly, like who paints your house, but you might think more about who your accountant, lawyer, advertising agency, doctor, whatever is. And I think that's, and I think that's That half life of podcasts, I actually think, is a huge aid in that because you get to have a much greater depth of detail and experience with that person before you engage with them.
0: Yeah. And when you say half life, uh, tell me again what you mean, though, by the the difference between a podcast and a video. So,
1: so podcast, I just got, I'm getting crazy echoes.
0: Oh, are you? Uh, I, don't I wish it.
1: I I wish I had a sound engineer who could fix that, David. <laughs> Wait, well,
0: do you still hear I, it now? Because I no. don't.
1: Okay. So by Half Life, it 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 means once you get somebody to your podcast, they have all the episodes you've ever done right. in one right. place, easy to find. Right. Whereas if you find somebody on LinkedIn or Facebook or whatever, and you're interested in them from a business perspective, getting a sense of them through their feed is really hard because you tend to only see the latest stuff. And so there's no sort of easy way for you to capture like the edited condensed nuggets of what people are saying in social media. Yeah. And so that stuff evaporates really quickly. Yeah. Um, That's where I thought you were going.
0: in. yeah, I absolutely agree. I tell people you're creating a digital library and most of the shows that I produce, yours included, are pretty evergreen. Meaning these are conversations with people that Are going to be relevant were probably relevant a year ago and probably be relevant a year from now if not more you're you're kind of talking about they're talking tips of the trade and you're not necessarily talking about what what just happened in the news and so although we did today but that's but it was a super bowl and people will that's uh, yeah it was i'd still go back and listen to something like that anyway but you're right in that people will discover your podcast at different points in the journey and that's what i tell people they'll release episode one and they'll get 120 downloads and they'll be like well that's not too many excuse me but then you'll revisit it and the by episode five you're getting 200 downloads or whatever but then you go back and you look back at episode one now has like 500 downloads and so and what's occurring is people are going people are discovering it later and if they like it they'll go back and listen to the past episodes and some people think that means their popularity is wearing so well look episode one has 500 episode five only has 300 it's like well now in in a few weeks, right. episode five will have more because it's just been out uh, for a shorter amount of time. And podcast listeners are particular if they love a show. Sometimes they'll just listen to any episode, or they'll go back and they'll look and see like who has he had as guests. Well, maybe I want to I, I want to cherry pick. I want to pick this one and that one, and right. so. Right. Yeah, it's and that that is something unique to podcasting. I think it, it's not in most cases. If you read a blog post, you're going to read a blog post. In very rare cases, where you just try to read the whole blog, I don't know if anybody right. still does right. that. Yeah,
1: <laughs> except when people come to my blog, they obviously want to read well, the whole thing. Well, right,
0: there there are exceptions to every rule.
1: Obviously. So 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 how do you how do the businesses you work with turn podcast into revenue, either directly or indirectly? What, what what's sort of the what's the way that works best? That you've seen across the the multiple business podcasts that
0: you produce i'll start by telling you what you shouldn't expect and that's to make a living off of podcasting by selling advertising on your podcast because there are about three people in america that actually do that and when people say there's money in podcasting there is money in podcasting but it's usually not that because you you need especially if you're a small business you're uh you're an entrepreneur or, or whatever you are you start with zero listeners and unless you are Joe Rogan or if, if President Obama started a, a, a sure. podcast tomorrow, I'm sure he would have hundreds of thousands of listeners. You're not President Obama. And so and in order to even get like an ad agency interested in you, you need a threshold of probably about 10,000 downloads per episode. And most of the people I work with right. never get there, but that doesn't mean you shouldn't do a podcast. It, that that's It's just a different world, but you can, you can, uh monetize your podcast in ways where you might only be getting a couple hundred downloads per week and yet you can still monetize so how do you do that one is you sell something else other than the podcast so a podcast is is a great way to promote like a a book that you have if you've written a book if you're doing some uh online classes or something that are for, for a fee it's a great way to meld that because if people like what they hear, they're like, well, I want more of this. I'll buy this guy's book or I'll sure I'll, I'll pay 10 bucks right. to hear him speak on this topic that I need to get trained on. But the other, but the biggest way is one that we've already sort of touched upon. And that's the, that, and I should keep a file of these. It's, it's more anecdotal, but people tell me all the time I landed a client because I was on your podcast. And, and that's a pretty powerful thing because yeah. so I do a podcast called the Boston podcast, which is kind of You've been on it, Tim. It's kind of uh, topic neutral. I just interview people. We, we have fun and just let them talk about what they do and tell some stories. What is interesting is when you are hiring a lawyer, you're hiring an accountant, a financial advisor, a consultant, whatever you are. If it's going to be an important choice, you're going to do some due diligence. You're going to do research, right? So what are you going to do? You're going to look at their LinkedIn page. You're going to look at their web page. If there's an episode of them on talking for an hour, how could you not listen to that, right? If you find it and right. and podcasts are searchable just like any other entity on the web and so you if you're punched in tim kilroy podcast your podcast would probably come up first but then probably fourth or fifth down the line would be like your appearance on my podcast right. so now now i've got i can listen to this guy for, and so i've had many people tell me yeah they listen to me talk to you on your podcast and they they said i think i can trust this guy so that's that's pretty powerful. And so to use it in that way, it's in that way to have your brand come back to you in the form of business, or it's just, why are you talking to these guests? Every person in your network, hopefully you have a vast network, Tim, and I I can tell people trust you and they like spending time with you. That took time, but it it, it it also took some massaging of those relationships. And so you can use podcasts to elevate a relationship you're not being manipulative about it you're not saying come on my show and then by the way send me three clients next month but it's kind of one of it it can be a rather big step forward and a lot better than taking someone out to lunch i think it's you've kind of you yeah right you've not you can bring the person on you pump them up you can elicit questions that let them you know, spin their web and, and explain why they like what they do. And now all of a sudden you've got this nice, warm, fuzzy feeling. And the person is, is grateful that they've, that you've provided this platform for them.
1: Right. And I think by and large, the, the best podcasts who are, that are guest driven, they make the conversation about the guest and not the host, because if it were just about the host, that would get boring pretty fast.
0: Yeah. And you would run out of stories probably because right. because you're duplicating the thing on a regular basis. But but I think it does work both ways. I, I think the host that you get a the host. I always tell people if you have a story that is similar to the one your guest told, don't necessarily hold that back. I'll go ahead and tell it because it's the art of conversation. It's the improv comics call it yes and. Somebody says, "Well, I went to the greatest restaurant the other day," and then the other person says, "Yes, and I've been there too." And they have this. The other person, "Yes," and that, and and it's like you're yeah. building something cool. And so th- that's, if you enjoy that sort of thing, then you should be podcasting.
1: And what, do you have any t- fantastic stories, either either anecdotal or provable about about folks that, that you've worked with who've actually had really great results after either hosting or being a guest on a podcast?
0: Yeah, and I'll give you two examples. One is just the sort of predictable, almost boring example, and no offense to this yeah. person, but so I work with the elder care lawyer, and what he has done for a guy named Harry Margolis, great guy, and he's got a podcast called Ask Harry, and it's pretty simple, and it is it is kind of a lot about the law, and so if you're not an elder care lawyer, elder law, I should say, it it, it probably is going to be boring to you. But if you're in that field, he has elevated his stature a notch above where it used to be. In two ways, by producing a good show that lawyers are going to fellow lawyers are going to go on to, to learn from him. But he has done the the thing that I recommend to everybody, and that's go to people in your network. And I, I noticed that about half the people he invites on as guests on the show, they're all experts in whatever they do. Some are accountants, yeah. some are financial. So they're sources of business for him. Some of them are his existing contacts that he continues to foster and stay in touch with. And then some. Are, what's cool is some are people that he hasn't met. So he could call up some expert on the West Coast, who's yeah. like one of the top lawyers out there, who could, be a, could send him a lot of business because when I need somebody out in Boston, I'm going to call you and, and maybe vice versa. And to have them on the show, even if you've never spoken to them before, that bang, that's a nice starting of a relationship. So he has, <coughs> pardon me. The way he monetizes the podcast has simply been client growth. And I don't know if he actually checks the box and says this came from the podcast or not, but it's a pretty powerful step forward. And then the the other example I'd give is there's a guy, we launched a podcast recently called Seeking the Extraordinary. And this one is valuable to this guy in a different way. He's a financial advisor named Mike Nathanson I've known for a while. He wanted to do a podcast. He didn't want to talk about financial stuff, even though that's his stock and trade. He wanted to talk about people that were extraordinary in some way, and it is this is it is cue the orchestra and this inspirational story. But he's got he he happens to have some high profile people that he knows. So he's had Boomer Asayson on the show. He's had Ty Law on the show. He's had a congressman. He's had Jim McCann, the founder of One Eight Hundred Flowers. That's awesome. Yeah. And I think so And to him and then his whole team gets on and talks strategy about it. And I think the whole, I can tell the team gets a kick out of producing this show. So he's been able to do something cool kind of for morale within his firm at a time where there's not a lot you can do. You can't throw too many parties these days for your staff. Right. 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 And so they get around it and we talk strategy and then it's a collaborative effort. And he, in the, in, and I won't say whether some of these people are clients or not, because that's his business. It's not yeah, my business, sure. but he knows them in some fashion. But he probably never had a chance to sit down and talk to Ty Law about how his football career inspired him to start a, a chain of trampoline parks and how that actually happened. And so, right. it, sure. it, so it's, it, it's kind of infused him and his whole firm with this kind of sense of pride, which is cool.
1: Yeah, so that's, that is such a, I think that's such a a great story because as, as I was thinking about our conversation this morning, I was really thinking about how to draw out sort of the, the external benefits of podcasting sort of presenting yourself, presenting other people, making yourself an expert, turning that into dollars, blah, blah, blah. But I think something you've just brought out is the fact that this, the simple art of conversation is enriching. And it can be enriching both personally, so between you and I right now, deepening our relationship.
0: How much deeper uh, could it really get, Tim?
1: Well, the bromance is real. (laughs) Oh, yeah. It is. It is. It's totally true. But I think, but also there is this other option where or this other there's the flip side to it where where actually you are sort of enriching yourself because of the subject you're talking about and being forced to think about in a different context because you're a guest and to the extent that you have a team leveraging your team to sort of bring them into the conversation i think is is super super powerful
0: yeah and and a lot of us when we do networking we all from the moment you become a professional you hear you ask people for advice on how to build your brand and how to get farther in the world and business. People say, well, you got a network, you got a network. And so, and few people tell you exactly how to do it. If you're like me, like I, I remember I was at lawyers weekly and I was supposed to go around to like the courthouse and meet lawyers and build relationships with them. And I didn't know what the hell I was doing. I'm like, I'm supposed to just walk up to people and go, hi, I'm Dave. What, what do you do? And, but in time you figure out how to do it. In time you go to this cocktail party and that cocktail party. And most people, there are exceptions. Certain Certainly people in your world have systematic ways of marketing and networking. But many people who are super successful don't necessarily have a plan. They they bump into this person at that, this thing and that thing. And a podcast to me is a nice way of sort of staying on a drumbeat of what you're supposed to be doing anyway, right? Right. It it makes you better at doing those things. And it sort of forces you to execute this plan of building relationships with people.
1: Right. And I think the unheralded, the unheralded tool of networking Mm -hmm. finger guns, (laughs) (laughs)
0: It's, <laughs> you should really patent that oh you know what i think um the isaac the bartender on the love boat patented that years ago that he was more of the single finger guns right, right. at you right
1: right but that was a totally different that wasn't networking like he was <laughs> he's looking for tips totally different
0: that's true that's true right. you could see right through it
1: yeah absolutely clean it up he wasn't, Ted he wasn't really Yeah. yeah. Mm. Uh, so so there's probably at least one person within the the range of our voices who's thinking, well, if these two idiots can do a podcast, I am s- much smarter than they are. <laughs> How can I do it?
0: Yeah. Well, my answer would be call me you know, go to pod six one seven dot com. Pardon the plug.
1: But plugs are reasonable. And by the way, just so you know, Dave does a super job. He makes this like totally hands off. I just blab and send him files, and then magically these things show up on the interwebs, and it it's delightful. Really, it is an extraordinary service that is just – like it lets me do the part that I'm good at, mm. which is blabbing, and it lets me do the part that I'm – not do the part that I'm not good at.
0: Well, that's why I started the business because I and I knew in my network I had a lot of impressive people that probably – wouldn't even want to entertain the process of creating a podcast. Because on one hand, it's not rocket science. But on the other hand, it's this kind of multi-step process that you have to find a platform. Where exactly am I going to upload my shows? And then where does it live? How do I get it on Apple Podcasts and get into all the places it needs to go? You do want to do some editing and make it sound slick. So, So that is what we do. And I work with clients in a number of different ways. And with some like you they 're very comfortable doing the interview themselves and then just sending it along with others i 'm actually on the line sort of live producing it with some of them i 'm actually play moderator because actually you know what i 'll give a quick plug. We can cut this if you want to. <laughs> but we are launching a since you and I went to milton together we are the three of my classmates. Marith Zinner, Diana Donovan, and the queen of the group, Farah Pandith, who, yeah. used, who you may know, Tim, used to work in the, the Obama White House and is a very yeah. important person. They want to start, we're in the process of launching a podcast called The Link, and they, and That's so, what I
1: spent every morning from 7th to 12th yeah. grade. Yeah. So, right.
0: So, right. On campus, the link was an appropriately named, just kind of a little hallway with like an yeah. office in there that was the link between two buildings. Right. But they shrewdly yeah. came up with this name. It wasn't my idea, it was, but as a way of creating a podcast that was, on the one hand, sort of nostalgic about high school days, but also comparing it to present day and, and how things have changed. And so, yeah. if you get it, the link. So, yeah. they, and they just like, we want a podcast. We want a podcast. We want to talk. But, you could tell they wanted to be the sort of the talent, the person being interviewed, they didn't necessarily want to host it. Yeah. And so I said, well, I'll ask you guys questions. You guys just talk and they'll bring on guests and things like that. So I'll do that sometimes. It was a long way of getting there.
1: But when does that podcast launch? I, I want to listen.
0: Not yet. We've recorded the first episode, so it should be within a matter of weeks. Yes, I'll alert right. you for sure. sure. And you, you're not a, Graduate of '86, you're one of those terrible '85 people, but but they might still welcome you on the show as a guest. I'll encourage them to. Yeah, you no, know, it's it's cool, and it just goes to show you, like it's it's the positive and the negative that anything can be a podcast. Like it, it, it yeah, is right. sort of, it is sort of like the. If you think about it with Jerry and George sitting around the coffee shop on the, of course the show Seinfeld, they had that meta moment where they're having this t- discussion about nothing or about ketchup or right. about napkins or something. Yeah. And they said, this should be the show right here. This should be the show right, right here. That's a show right there. So that, so, and and a lot of these, I encourage people to think creatively a chat with your old high school buddies, your old college buddies really could be a podcast. It takes a little massaging. So, and uh, there are plenty of people who talk to me and then decide they're going to do it on their own. It, it's just, it, you need a quality mic you need to know a few things about how to upload and post and you need to have someone do at least a little editing typically if you want it to sound professional and but but like i say my my clients some of some of which pay me more money to do everything from soup to nuts and some sometimes we serve as just consultants so check out pod617.com for everything that we offer
1: all right yeah that was a totally good pitch okay that's fine so so Great. So you, know, you build a podcast to sort of create a conversation, and that conversation lasts for a long time. And you're either enriching your audience or you're enriching your internal culture because there's plenty of internal podcasts too and, at bigger companies.
0: Sure, we do some uh, of those as well. Yeah,
1: and I think in some respects the the most important thing is just to is to publish and go, and not right. And then you, totally. you can find your way. Yeah. Right?
0: Yeah, because it, it is a medium that you don't want to overthink because I get people that get so excited about their podcast, but then they want it to be so good that they're like, well, we'll record this, but let's not make this the first one we launch because I want to save that for later. And maybe we should make sure we get 10 episodes in the bank before we do anything. And it's like my advice is usually now just start. You want to start with something of a plan because you don't want to launch episode one and then have three months go by and realize you haven't put up oh, another you one.
1: Ha- you should have a plan. <laughs> Interesting. Okay.
0: Somewhat somewhat of a plan, but I'm going to write
1: that down, but
0: but I don't know. Now, would you say that you've gotten better as time goes on, that you're more proud of of recent shows than no offense to you? I think so. Yeah. I
1: think
0: so. Because it's just, it's like anything else with the reps, you notice things and, I don't know about you, but I still do it. I've hosted at least 500 podcasts, episodes, maybe more, yeah. and I'll listen to myself back and I'll notice things that I've screwed up. Or sometimes the, the one that I hate the most is I'll hear the guests say something and in listening to the playback, I'm hearing it for the first time. And the reason why is I wasn't paying attention the first when, <laughs> when it was actually being recorded. I was doing something else, and, which is a cardinal sin of podcasting. But, you know, you get better at it. So that's why I say launch your first episode is not going to be your best but but on the other hand right away you'll notice things that you like and you don't like and hopefully you to some degree fall in love with the process and like i can't wait to do the next one next one's going to be even better
1: yeah i must say that's i love just the the simple act of talking to somebody about things that we mutually find interesting yeah yeah,
0: and that's great, and that's why a good podcast, like I say, is a good conversation, and it will go down detours, and we will talk about the love right. boat because that's what people do in real life, and it's there's something sort of charming about that.
1: Yeah, we should do a show about nothing. Absolutely, <laughs> yeah.
0: that's not what this has been, has it? It's been about uh, something. No, <laughs> no,
1: it's we've we've covered so much. We've yes. we've covered uh, we've covered the Super Bowl. We've mm-hmm. covered. Uh, white male privilege. We've covered Milton <laughs> Academy and we've covered at this point an hour long pitch for your business. It's yeah.
0: awesome. And yeah. I'm glad we solved that racial problem and yeah. the, the division of the country. It's done. It, yeah. it reminds me of uh, a joke Tina Fay told on SNL and Weekend Update. She said, Well, today marks the, I don't know if call it 50, the, the 50th <laughs> anniversary of the Civil Rights Act of 1965. And since then, everything has been just fine.
1: <laughs> <laughs> absolutely yeah. absolutely all right uh david we're out of time i, I gotta go to my next thing this you is a slice of heaven
0: it <laughs> uh, for me as well
1: yeah everybody david yaz founder chairman chief cook and bottle washer at pod617.com your number one spot to have uh, full service half service quarter service no service <laughs> podcast services because I can tell you really like yapping and sending it to David and it magically shows up in the interwebs (laughs) is really pretty effing cool.
0: And we love hosting your show right on the front page of pod617.com. Your logo is awesome. By the way, I had nothing to do with that. I want people to know that.
1: Yeah, no, I made that in Canva. It took me, it took me about six minutes.
0: (laughs) Well, that's why you're Tim.
1: Yeah, exactly. All right. Thank you, David. Everybody pod Six One Seven. I'm Tim. We'll see you next time. Hey, it's Tim. Thanks for tuning in to the Killroot Report. Your support means a lot. If you liked this episode, hated this episode, whatever, please leave your feedback at Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you do that sort of thing. And if you're one of the brilliant people who love this, think about subscribing. It'll do you good.